It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That pretty starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplanes. Many brutes are not afraid. I have a freaking listen to yourself, the world with its own needs. Let me give your own head, beat it up, and I've seen got no peace. The whole ladder puts the platter with the fear, fight down, hide, fire in the fire. The citizens of the gangs and the government for hire in the combat site. But you wasn't coming in a hurry, leave the jury, beat it down your neck. Reporter, the reporter trapped the trumpet, the ground with that low plane, fine then. Up for overflow, five minutes in corners, but it'll leave. Leave your devil, save your devil, world in your own knees. See your heart, tell me the surrender in the river of the right. You patriotic, patriotic, plan might right, might feel it, it's pretty like It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. This is the hour of doom. And Bloom. Hey, friends and neighbors, welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour. An interesting interval of intelligence in an unintelligent world. Of a insidious, in an in a uninsidious <laughs> world. In a... There's in, a lot of different worlds yeah, out there. Oh, wow. Which world do you live I in? I live in the... Do you live in reality world? Not in that one. <laughs> Some other one, okay, but not that one. okay. I'm Joe Alton, MD, also known as Dr. Bones of doomandbloom.net, where you'll find over 800, wow, what? 800 posts, videos, and podcasts on medical preparedness for any disaster. My lovely partner is... Amy Alton. Not paying attention. No, because you need a haircut. <laughs> I do. You're starting to look like a crazy scientist. <laughs> well, I apologize to all the people as... who saw you this weekend. I usually <laughs> cut his hair, and I was... Negligent. I, I apologize. I'm Doug. the wild man of Western Carolina. <laughs> You're starting That's to get right. wild. Western looking. North Carolina. So I am a nurse practitioner. You I are. am an advanced registered nurse practitioner. I'm also a certified nurse midwife. And you are also the hostess with the mostest on this show. We are the watchers on the wall. And we did watch the wall last night. Yes. Game of Thrones. My lovely wife is a big fan of Game of Thrones and super awesome. Super awesome, <laughs> and, and I great stuff happened last night. And I watch with her <laughs> because she makes me. All right, <laughs> it's a fine show, of course. Uh, she's the hostess with the mostest. We are the watchers on the wall, mm-hmm. and you are the listeners in your home in the radio. How about that? <laughs> All right, friends and neighbors, have you been injured in an accident? With a persnickety possum? Well, our attorney says, don't call me, call Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. And listen to this. All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or is implied between the hosts and listeners. That's us. Dr. Uh-huh. Bones and Nurse Amy. I'm listening. And we strongly urge our audience to seek modern and standard medical care. Please, 
whenever and wherever it is available. But these are dangerous times, so you better have some medical knowledge under your belt. And you mm -hmm. had better know how to deal with some of these emergencies that you might just face in times of trouble. That's right. Hey, do you have a pearl of wisdom that you're willing to share with the class? Of <laughs> course you do. So out with it. We want to find out because we learn as much from you as you do from us. Get in touch. It's easy. Here's Nurse Amy to tell you how. Absolutely. Please feel free to contact us by email at drbones. That's Dr. Bones podcast at AOL.com. You can also find us on Facebook at our group, Survival Medicine, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. We have a page on Facebook. We actually have a couple pages, but one of them is Doom and Bloom. You can also friend Joe Alton, MD, and that is us. I don't have no friends. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's okay. Don't worry about it. But it, um, the group is really fun because people chit-chat with each other. Survival medicine, Dr. Bones, yeah. nursing. Yeah, yeah, that was the first one I mentioned. And so you can follow us on Twitter at Prepper Show. Don't forget our YouTube channel at Dr. Bones, Nurse Amy. We have a video cast at the first and third Wednesday of every month, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at AroundTheCabin.com. Yep, great folks there. Yes, lots of fun. And there's a chat room. You guys can ask live questions, and we will answer it live. <laughs> and some people don't know it, but if you do hang out in the chat room, we do give out random prizes. Free stuff. At the end of each <laughs> show, so you might you might actually want to, to listen in. Do we have to bribe our listeners? Oh, terrible. You Probably. Might, you might just have... You might just get to win something if you listen. <laughs> it is fun, though. Oh, let's see what else we have. Oh, our newest adventure, American Survival Radio. That is our newest show in association with Genesis Communications Network, or GCNlive.com. And we talk about all the news that affects, well, America's survival. That's right. It's more of a current event show than this show, which is called, which is Survival Medicine Hour, mm -hmm. which is more related, most I would say, mostly to some medical to some medical type. In of some topic. way, right? That's right. Right. Or gardening. I do like to talk about gardening and natural substances. And you are awesome at it. Natural so. substances. And why shouldn't you? <laughs> That's right. But otherwise, uh, if you are interested in current events, well, check out American Survival Radio. I did a good one. I, I think it was good on uh, fluoride. Ranted. I ranted about fluoride in uh -oh. our water. Yes, she did. If you want to listen to that one, oh, it was boy. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so we've... So oh, and, we've, oh, and by the way... You they can, have archives, too, so they can listen. Absolutely, and that's what I was just going to mention. Oh. On the right side of doomandbloom.net, if you scroll down, you will see the two radio shows in a box with the latest ones. You could click on those and listen to them. If you want to look at all of the past shows, click on the title of that box, and that will take you to a whole page of show after show after show after show. So if you want to listen to an individual show, click on that. If you want to listen, see other choices, click on the title of that box, depending on which radio show you want to listen to. Of course, all the other stuff that you'll find, you'll find a lot of information uh, at doomandbloom.net, our mm -hmm. website. Uh, don't forget our three-category Amazon bestseller, The Survival Medicine Handbook. Check out articles by us in leading magazines like American Survival Guide, Survival Quarterly, Backwoods Home, Prepare, Survivalist, Disaster Survival, Survivor's Edge. Wow. 
a bunch of them, <laughs> as well as in links from over a thousand great preparedness websites throughout the internet. Big thank you to the Prepper Broadcasting Network, the USA Emergency Broadcasting Network, Survival Central, Shake and Wake Radio. Awesome, awesome networks with great shows, great hosts. Please check them out. And apparently there are others that broadcast our replay our show yes too. thank you folks and for putting so the you're, word out. and you are welcome to do that absolutely so, absolutely if you uh send me an email i'd be happy to mention you on the show well in the news the first reported death in united states territory from zika virus that was has a surprise occurred, has occurred i i was surprised because zika virus ordinarily is a very mild virus exactly except for some, some specific cases. uh deformities that can mm -hmm. occur in uh, either the nervous system of adults or in newborn some pretty significant significant ones when they do occur but right. but not terribly common they, and the, what's happening is is that a 70 year old man in Puerto Rico wound up presenting to the hospital with issues relating to bleeding almost like the kind mm -hmm. of bleeding you have with Ebola and uh, another virus called dengue, dengue fever. Right. And this uh, hemorrhagic fever, they thought... It confused was original, them. Yeah, it confused them. They thought originally, they didn't think it was Ebola, but they thought it was, it was dengue fever, which is a related virus to uh -huh. Zika. But when they grew out the cultures, it turned out that it was indeed Zika virus causing it. So the question is, is this a new thing that we're going to start seeing uh -huh. with Zika virus, or is it just some wild... Out of, out of the box, over the bell curve kind of thing. So this is becoming a, an issue. Uh, the Zika debate is becoming a political, is becoming infected with politics. Right. And this has been intensified by a battle between Congress and the administration over close to $2 billion in emergency funds that are supposed to be used to combat it in the United States and, of course, other countries. And this is an issue because this Funding is being held up because of partisan bickering at a time when wet, warm weather and mosquito season it's is on its way, arriving folks. very quickly to the United States. It's already happening in South Florida, I'll no, tell you that. No, that is for sure. With Florida, by the way, claiming the highest numbers of the deadly virus, cases of the deadly virus, mm -hmm. the lawmakers from the Sunshine State, led by soon-to-be-gone Florida Senator Marco Rubio, and Democrat Bill Nelson are pushing GOP leaders to take up the appropriations bill that Barack Obama sent to Congress mm -hmm. a couple of months ago. A spokesman for the CDC said that the unidentified man's death was the first documented in U.S. territory in uh, the weekly report that they put out on the mosquito-borne virus, and the official cause of death was a lack of clotting, blood clotting factors, which is something that does occur as a result of infection with certain viruses. Zika, as I said, is related to another virus, dengue fever, that can cause exactly that. Puerto Rico, by the way, has had at least 700 confirmed cases of Zika, according to CDC data. That's far more than any other state or territory uh, of the United States. Uh, Florida, however, has had 93 cases, not Zero, mm -hmm. 93 cases. New York even has had 77. Oh, wait, so it gets because, hot up there. Yeah. Mm. This, I think, mostly relates to people who have traveled Travelers, from Puerto Rico right. or uh, 
those areas. Brazil. Right, because there are a lot of, uh, certainly, people that are have family in those areas that live in New York. And this is thought, all these numbers that I'm giving you mm-hmm. are, are really thought to be underestimations. There are at least six. Oh, I'm sure. In Puerto Rico, there are at least 6,000 people that were suspected to have virus, the virus, but the virus only stays in the body for about a week or so, and so therefore, if you don't time it right, to, you for testing, may right. not turn up in lab tests exactly. after that. As a matter of fact, the CDC suggests that before uh, it runs its course, there may be hundreds of thousands of Zika virus cases just on the island of Puerto Rico. Wow. Now, despite the recent death, the biggest threat from Zika is to pregnant women and their newborn children. It causes a deformity called microcephaly in which the head doesn't grow, the brain doesn't grow as well, and uh, the head, even the brain case, the cranium, doesn't grow uh, as well as it normally should. Matter of fact, it grows more than... really small heads. Right, more than two standard deviations below the norm. And, of course, with a smaller head grows a smaller brain, and uh, these kids are often in need of substantial health for the rest of their life. Uh, Senator, I mentioned uh, Senator Marco Rubio, uh, the failed uh, 2016 White House candidate, broke with other GOP senators in a passionate plea for emergency funds. He said that the Puerto Rican constituency that he represents in Florida, there are a million, uh, actually more Puerto Ricans there than anywhere else in the country, I, I suppose other than Puerto Rico, right. <laughs> uh, are certainly up in arms and concerned about what is going to be happening there. He says that he's met with doctors living in Miami-Dade County also, which is one of the warmest counties, if not the warmest county in the United States. And he says, quote unquote, they are freaked out about the Zika thing. And he doesn't, he says he doesn't know any other. We're so tropical. The mosquitoes are just happy little pappies. And we've got the Everglades. We've got lots and lots of canals, standing water everywhere. It's it's the perfect breeding ground for mosquitoes. Exactly. He said that if the doctors are freaked out, then he's very concerned about it as well. He warned that with a large number of Zika cases already documented in Brazil, there are tens of thousands of people that are going to be exposed to the virus <laughs> that are going to be traveling through Florida and other states to and from the 2016 Summer Olympics which happened to be held this year in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Seems like a very bad place to have the Olympics. Right. But, they, but it's too late to yeah, change it. Right. That's they, it. I think they off, they delegate the cities that are going to, or the countries that are going to have the Olympics. Years. Like 10 years. Oh, yeah, advance, years, maybe years. More. So it, there's nothing they can do about it. No, it's, it's a done deal. But, yeah, all these people that are going to be traveling, just visitors from all over the world. Right. And then they'll be traveling back to their countries. It's Zika's going to have a party. Yeah, they're going to be they're celib- Zika virus cases in Z- Siberia. Zika is, is celebrating the fact that it's about to spread its love around the world. So, anyhow, Rubio says it's the obligation of the federal government to keep our people safe. This is an imminent and real threat to the public safety and security of our nation and our people. So, the money needs to be spent. The question is, do we do it now before it becomes a crisis? Now. Or do we (laughs) wait for it to become a crisis? Now. 
Some other Republicans, however, say that emergency funding is not needed because there was previously appropriated money to combat the Ebola virus, which was never spent. The Ebola virus of 2014 actually sort of petered out before expected. Thank goodness. And there's still $589 million laying around still unspent from the 2014 allocation during the peak of the epidemic in West Africa and the small number of cases that occurred in Dallas, Texas. Now, if additional Zika funds are needed, they said that the money can be provided through normal appropriations bills that are actually now underway in Congress. The uh, Congress also cites lack of details from the administration as to how this almost $2 billion is going to be spent. Is it going to be spent in the United States? Is it going to be spent in other countries? They also note that the Obama administration's use of the leftover $580 million in Ebola money is just another example of how the president bypasses Congress to do whatever he wants, using executive action as overreach, as he has done on a number of occasions on a number of topics. Well, all the politics aside, if you'd like to learn more about the Zika virus, stay up to date on the latest news about it. You have come to the right place. That's right. right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You hear us talking about our book, The Survival Medicine Handbook, but you also might be surprised to know that we wrote a New York Times bestseller in health about Ebola. And just now we have published the first book on Zika virus written by an actual doctor. We always keep an eye on pandemic diseases as well as disasters. And, uh, well, pandemic disease is a pretty big disaster, I think. Mm -hmm. And it looks like the Zika virus is the one that, to watch out for this year. So we researched everything that the average citizen should know about it, how to identify it, how to prevent it, what the treatment options are, everything you can possibly imagine that you would need to know. And I feel especially qualified to talk on this, just as I felt when I first wrote about fish antibiotics many years ago. And in that case, I was pretty much the only doctor who had a lot of experience raising both ornamental and food fish. Thousands so, of fish. So both. <laughs> if you guys had ever so, seen our house right. at so the peak. <laughs> maybe the only doctor that had experience tr using fish antibiotics and using human antibiotics. Right. And so uh, in Zika's, Zika's case, I spent most of my medical career as an obstetrician early in my career, especially I've seen... Babies with microcephaly, more than one, that's for mm -hmm. sure. And now I write about medical preparedness for epidemics and disasters. So if there's an epidemic that is causing babies to be born with microcephaly, I might be one of the few people that really has the credentials to write about it. So anyhow, so I put it all on, down on paper in our book. The book is called The Zika Virus Handbook. It's there in plain English. As you know, I always write that way, so that I want everybody to be able to understand it. The Zika virus handbook explains all you need to know about the epidemic. Calm, no-nonsense, no-panic fashion. It gives you a solid plan of action, can easily be followed in a concise guide. It's only 140 pages, uh, and this is all from a physician with decades of experience in fields that pertain to this and, and whose mission is to put a medically prepared person in every family. The book, by the way, isn't just about Zika. It also outlines other pandemic diseases, past and present, discusses way to control Aedes mosquitoes, talks about mosquito control, all the different ways that 
even individuals could do it and, and municipalities and like many other pan and, and like many of these pandemic diseases that have been coming down the pike there are a lot of controversial conspiracy type theories that are abound about why Zika has become a threat. Oh. And we talk about yes. those also in the Zika virus handbook. And we comment a little bit on each one's level of far out there-ness. Some of them are really <laughs> far out there. And some of them actually, you know, you got to think know, about them right? a little you bit. You never know. That's right. Now. There's a lot of secrets uh, that we don't know about. The secrets. <laughs> now, just because I wrote a book about it, there's no need to panic about Zika virus. The CDC stops short of predicting an epidemic in the U.S. They suggest there may be clusters of locally transmitted cases. But the truth is it has affected more than 60 countries so far. It only makes sense to learn about any disease that could affect your family's health, especially in the uncertain future. You can find the book on Amazon.com. Pick up a copy today and make an old man, me, very, <laughs> very happy. <laughs> hey, Amy is here to tell you a little bit about where we have been, first where we have been, and where we are going in the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm trying to drink enough coffee so my brain will function a little better. <laughs> I have had a half a cup, so we can probably get through this. All right, so let's see, you want to talk we about where just, we were, we were first? Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about where we were just now. We were at Waynesville, North Carolina. Awesome place. Gateway to the Smoky Mountains. So pretty. Yes. It's like a miniature Asheville. It's really, really cute. They have a nice little old town Main Street area. Yeah, they do. An awesome restaurant that I made you take me to twice. Yes. <laughs> what was that called? Lucky me. Frog's Leap or something? Frog's Leap Restaurant. Yes, it was delicious. delicious. So let's tell you about the show. It was three days. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. On Friday, it was kind of warm, actually. I think they're having a little bit of a warm front. Um, but quite a few people. I would say mostly they were there for the classes. Yeah, lots of classes. Wow, amazing. Carolina Readiness had a, a full schedule. It was very difficult for people to choose between these classes because they were just so awesome. Yeah. I saw Jam people making cheese and making bread and mm -hmm. canning. Yummy. There was a blacksmith. There was a navigation that was very popular. Right. And uh, that was a, a full-day class. They had classroom, and then they went out in the field. There right. Was, there was a hike. Someone did a nature hike. And while they were out there, they were going to be finding food. Edible so greens at, and things like they that. They were going to be finding food, so if they had to live off the land, they would know what was edible. So they were going to have lunch in the woods, <laughs> so, <laughs> according to what they picked up. So it was a lot of fun. We, we Friday did our, night you got to speak. I got to speak. Wow. Big there, crowd for uh, that. There, I count there were way over 200 people, and I think there was about that many people in total in the whole weekend, so right. I think everybody got to see you speak. That was really cool. Yeah, so we had fun, and we actually showed your oh, video. Oh, we played the video. Your yes. video on bleeding control, <laughs> and that was that was fun, including some of the that we had some music that we had put in. Exciting. So that was good. So we talked about that. Uh, we did our, our suture class. We had a great crowd there, including one of our. Um, one of our students was oh yeah yeah Bill was a 
one of, of the members of the fire ladders that uh, participated in 9-11 in New York City. Yep. And uh, we he were said, very honored to have him there. He told me a, a little story. Um, I mean, he had a lot of them, but one of them was uh, all of the um, EMS and police officers didn't want to leave that area. They wanted to stay, and of course, at that time, they were in a rescue mode. They, right. re they really thought there could be buried victims, and so they were sort of working on just very little sleep. And what happened was, he said all the police officers took all the hotel rooms and all the lobby chairs, and the firemen ended up sleeping on the floors or, <laughs> or just outside the buildings. <laughs> he goes, we were in the lower rung of the ladder, but he, he did it. He's, he's got problems with his lungs, but knock on wood, he, he survived. Well, he, he did know a lot of people that did pass um, yeah, that, 12, that first day. He had, he had 12 brothers from, from various fire yeah, ladders. That and, he, and then he says some have passed since with medical problems. So, you know, anyway, brave people. You know, we still honor those that, that jumped in there to try and, and save others. And right. it was a, and so we were very a glad. very, very heroic thing to do. So thanks to him and thanks to uh, everyone, also, everyone uh, especially Rory, by the way. Rory was very helpful in getting us packed and unpacked. Now, um, Okay, so let's that, see. That was Saturday. And then Sunday. You did your first, first class on bleeding control. Yay! And how was that? Oh, it was awesome. What did you do? Wow, we went over tourniquets, and they got to use and learn how to um, perfectly perform and utilize three different tourniquets. Three different styles. Three That's different good. tourniquets. I, I, and each person had a tourniquet to play with. We learned how to self-apply, how which would be a one-handed application or two-handed if it's on your leg and we learned to how to properly place it on another person so we learned the SWAT T tourniquet or the SWAT tourniquet which means stretch wrap and tuck it's an elastic band tourniquet we learned about the soft T tourniquet which uses um, I would say it's kind of like a nylon belt material and a clamp mm -hmm. and a screw lock and it also has a windlass just like the cat tourniquet and then the cat tourniquet is a velcro um, belt loop and windlass with a clip secure so we had fun with those we also opened up Israeli bandages oh, that's and right. I taught them how to put them on themselves it's a different way you use do your for your arm and your leg and then I taught them how to put it on someone else. And then we used it in a certain fashion that created a little extra pressure as you turn and twist the material above the wound. And awesome. also how to make it into a tourniquet. Wow. And yeah, we opened up some different gauzes. We discussed the differences between quick clot and sea locks, uh -huh. which a lot of people don't understand. That's right. Um we how long it. you can leave these things in, uh, all of the steps of how to stop bleeding, well, we've talked and how to take care of wounds. <laughs> well, I think that's awesome. So we have some, some new classes that are coming up. We'll probably put that into a DVD soon, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. So uh, that Wait. was fun. But now we're, we're not done, though. We're in the midst of our travels. And we packed up 
as uh-huh. fast as we can. And where are we now? And we drove to our house. We are sitting, folks, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, at the kitchen table of our home that That's we right. love. Yep. And this is, looking uh, out over the mountains on our deck. We have an of, amazing view. View of Mount Leconte, which is the There's biggest... A house, the house next door calls themselves the billion dollar view. I think we, ha, have, we, yeah. we have the trillion dollar view then. Because <laughs> <laughs> our view is better than theirs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I would call our place here the birdhouse inn because we have a bunch of birdhouses all over the place. Yeah. And so it's a uh, few pretty of them cool here place. We've added. Yes. <laughs> we have most certainly added to the personality of this place. Absolutely. So, but. Uh, we'll be spending a few days here. Yay! And then we're going to be heading to Richmond, Virginia. Yes, which so. you said is like a seven-hour trip. So Eight I'm thinking hours. we're going to get up early Friday, make that trip we have to set up on Friday, and that show, the NPSExpo.com, right. is in Richmond, Virginia. 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 <laughs> Saturday and Sunday. Yes, Saturday and Sunday. And the suture class that we'll be teaching at that show will be Sunday morning. I think it's like nine or nine thirty. Okay, all right. Get us a three-hour class. If you guys are interested, I have a few spots left. That reminds me, I need to call and find some pig's feet. Yep. I have a meat market. I got to call. All right. So I think it's called Tom's Meat Market. So Tom's right, Tom. Meat Market. If you're listening, Nurse See. Amy will be calling. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, and then after that, it'll be back to back home to South Florida. Oh, for we gotta like, drive crazy for like three home. Hours. Yeah, <laughs> drive crazy home from Richmond, Virginia, down to South Florida, and then to Co- Dallas, Texas. Then we're gonna fly to Dallas. Yeah. we're flying there on Thursday. I think we're flying. Yeah, right. Thursday we're going. So we probably will only be home for a couple of days, and that is the Self Reliance Expo again. Right. SelfRelianceExpo.com. Right. There's a suture class that we'll be doing there. That's Friday the 13th, May 13th, Friday the 13th uh-huh. at 3. All right. Sounds, a lot of threes there. Sounds great. And we're going to spend a couple of days also visiting our good friend Jack Spierko yes. there. Yes. We're going to go over there, I think, Sunday night. Sunday night and Monday night we'll be sleeping at Jack's. All right. Spare Sounds bedroom. We're hanging in, out. Or in the chicken roost <laughs> or the duck pond. Or it could be out yeah. in the chicken that's right <laughs> with the roosters all right you are listening to the survival medicine hour we'll be back right after this message hey joe alton md of store.doomandbloom.net here and i'm nurse practitioner amy alton and we're here to get you medically prepared a lot can happen in the uncertain future natural disasters epidemics terror events But we're here with medical kits and supplies that will help make you a medical asset in times of trouble. From first aid kits for the trail to complete family medical survival kits, we've got an entire line to help you deal with injuries and illnesses in any scenario. Compare our kits to others and you'll agree that only our kits are assembled to work best when help is not on the way. So get a quality kit from a doctor and nurse practitioner and not some mass-produced knockoff. Often imitated, never equaled. That's store.doomandbloom.net, store.doomandbloom.net. And hey, get the essential guide for when medical help is not on the way, the Survival Medicine Handbook, 3rd Edition. Find it and the all-you-need-to-know Zika Virus Handbook on Amazon.com. Okay, and we're back. You're listening to the Survival Medicine Hour with Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Joe Alton, MD, and Amy Alton, ARMP. 
Hey, you know, I follow articles on preparedness and preppers pretty closely in the papers and online. And a recent article in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution titled, Prepper Expos, The <laughs> Business of Fear, <laughs> caught my eye. And, you know, the article talked about an event in Atlanta that, I, uh, that we weren't attending. And it was the gateway. Uh, yeah, we, we weren't attending. But it was pretty clear the reporter felt that everyone selling supplies, supplies there was feeding on what he felt were gullible citizens being scared silly by talk of disasters that apparently the reporter felt were exceedingly rare events that never, never will happen to anyone in an entire lifetime. Well, a few thoughts right. on this. Right. Atlanta will never shut down. We all have we all forgotten the hundreds and hundreds of cars that were just left abandoned on I-75 in Atlanta. Do you remember that? In the couple years ago during the winter, they just right. left their oh, cars. Yeah, right. Those people had to get home on their own. There was nobody to pick them up and bring them home because the roads were frozen and Atlanta just shut down. Yep. People had no food, no water. The ones that stayed in their cars were starving and thirsty. I mean, it doesn't have to be some huge thing, folks. That's right. I mean, it was a few inches of snow, and it shut down the whole city. That's true. I so, remember this so clearly. These rare events. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you if you just think about the last maybe couple of weeks. Uh, at the news you were looking at online or mm -hmm. on, the, on TV or whatever, uh, there was flooding in Houston. There were tornadoes up and down the upper Midwest. Uh, there were, of course, all around the Middle East, there were terror, terror events and all sorts of people being killed there. So disasters do occur, and I challenge you to read the news online for a week or more without reading about some event. Absolutely. Can we mention the earthquakes that are happening nearly daily? Yes, as and a the ring of, fact, of fire all around the Pacific Rim, you you have it's, it's called the Ring of Fire. Yes, right? the Ring of Fire. Yes, and uh, Ecuador, Japan, the South Pacific Islands they they've been hit pretty badly lately with with earthquakes when they seem to be worse and worse. So all of this, all of these disasters have occurred. Which of course, never happen according to the right, reporter. Right, loss of life, <laughs> loss of limb, certainly property have been occurring in the last couple of weeks. Now, and it's not just the last couple of weeks. Every couple of, every, every week there's something. Now, I'll admit the chances of you listening out there personally being in the middle of a natural disaster or an active shooter event or a terror attack this year is probably pretty small. But you know what? It isn't zero. And, and the truth of the matter is... Especially if you, think, if you travel a lot. Right. And, and if you think about it over the course... job. Right, right. And if you think about it over the course of a lifetime, mm -hmm. that is... Uh, and if you think, if you include your children's lifetimes in there, the lifetimes of people you care about, well, you know, maybe it's not such a small chance that somebody you love is going to be involved in some kind of event. Yeah, let me mention one that... You folks out there might know Tom Martin, who runs American Preppers Network, is a trucker. And he got stuck in the Colorado blizzard, was it like three weeks ago? Oh, was yeah. stuck. All the traffic, just like Atlanta, all the traffic was just came to a dead halt. He said the wind was so bad 
that the truck, one side, the wheels were lifting up, and he was afraid the truck was going to blow over. Now, he has a cab in there, and him and his wife live in this cab while they're on the road. So he has supplies, and of course, he's a prepper, so he's smart. He had water. He had food. He knew how to keep warm. You know, he had everything that he needed, but he was stuck in one position in his truck, fearing for his life that this truck was going to blow over and kill them for 24 hours. Now, imagine the cars that were around him that didn't have the water, that didn't have the food, that didn't think they were doing anything but just, you know, maybe driving to go get groceries or to someone's house or driving home from work. And they were in the same exact scenario. And it came on quick, and it just shut it down, shut the highway down. And they they had to wait for trucks to come through and clear all of the snow and clear the roads and help people get moving again. But it was not a quick thing. Wow. So you never know. Well, you know, Tom's our good friend and uh, head of AmericanPreppersNetwork.com. Make sure you head head over there for all their great state forums and just a, really one of the most active forums uh, on Excellent resource for, for preppers. But Fantastic. anyhow, what the story... So just never know. Right. So the story was that everybody that was there selling stuff was... Oh, were, at the Atlanta were show? Were some kind of predator. And everyone that was buying, attending the show and, and buying products like food, medical supplies, other things like that, we're doing it because they were scared little rabbits. Now, here's my take. Okay, you buy these things not because you're going to eat this food tonight or because you happen, or medical supplies, for example, because you happen to be bleeding to death sort of right now. Oh, mm-hmm. by the way, I'm bleeding to death. Do you have any you know, right. medical supplies? Let's go, or, or right. let's go to the store and buy some. Right, so what's the purpose of these things? The purpose is that you're keeping these items as insurance. If something ever happens, it makes it difficult to access food. Just look at supermarket shelves before any big storm. You're covered. If you ever injure yourself or a member of your family falls off a ladder or something, now you have more than a Band-Aid and some Tylenol in your medicine cabinet. You're covered. Insurance. So how about all those people that don't go to these events that are not the scared little rabbits buying supplies? Well, these scared though these scared little rabbits have insurance too they buy life insurance right now you have life insurance but you, you don't want to die they buy car insurance yes but they don't want to crash into a tree right they have health insurance but they don't want to get sick do they does that mean that they are living in fear of having a car accident getting the flu or thinking about death every minute of the day right exactly. probably not, not right so you so therefore the truth of the matter is, is those preparedness folk that are buying these supplies aren't doing that either. They're not thinking about the end of the world events every, every minute second of the day. Of the day, of the day. Exactly. exactly. However, I will say one thing. When you're at a show, and we've noticed this when we go to these prepper shows, mm-hmm. people are, they feel comfortable discussing some of their thoughts, not fears necessarily, but some of their thoughts about what could bring their area or their lives, their personal lives, uh, into a crisis. And they feel comfortable sharing that with the vendors or the other people who are walking around. 
And so it's almost like a therapy session for preppers because we don't normally talk to our neighbors who have their heads in the sand about these things because they'll just think you're crazy unless they're on the same you know mindset so there's a lot of conversation that happens within the safe zone so this reporter comes along and maybe the people that he talked to didn't realize that this is a reporter and they felt safe discussing some of the things that they don't usually talk about and it made them sound crazy but it's you know it's like going to um you know some societies meeting and discussing things that you don't normally talk about elsewhere and you have a spy there he shouldn't he shouldn't have put himself in that situation um he probably didn't tell a lot of people he was a reporter so it made them seem crazy but believe me once those people went home they had you know they had to mow lawns they had to do dishes they had kids to take care of they had to go to work believe me folks the things that you hear at these shows we talk about them at the shows, and then we move on with our lives. That's right. So, I mean, why <laughs> does this reporter think that all these preppers are only buying supplies because they have they, they have to be living in some constant fear of a, a catastrophe? I mean, and if people that sell these supplies are greedy predators, you know, if, if that was true, then why isn't every insurance salesman in the United States on the FBI most wanted list because right. they're doing the exact same thing. Yes, they are. You know, this country is based on free enterprise, and if people want to have supplies so that they might possibly not have to depend on the government for bottled water and surplus cheese after right. a or disaster, or dehydrate while you're waiting for water for right. for water to drop from the sky, then people should have the right to sell those items without being considered some kind of villain. You know, it's not all about fear if you put away some extra food, some medical supplies, or heaven forbid, a means of defending yourself. Exactly. It's all about being resilient in the face of adversity. Nobody wants adversity, but life's full of it. Why not be ready for it? Some people say preppers are crazy, but I think that the people that can't get it in their thick skulls, that it's a good idea to be ready (laughs) for the uncertain future, I think they're the crazy ones. I agree, yes. Take a moment, ask yourself why, for goodness sake. It's such a nutty notion to have some stuff that might help you in times of trouble. If you think about it, it's not such a bad idea. No kidding. If the unprepared masses think you're crazy, well, you know what? You are. You're crazy like a fox. (laughs) That's right. And feel free to discuss any theories, worries, fears, questions, concerns you want, folks, when you see us at these expos. We are not reporters. We are not going to call a newspaper and say crazy things about the people that we talk about. So speaking of preparedness events, we are often at them, and we meet a lot of people, a lot of very interesting people, some of which are pretty well known and some of which are just happen to be interesting people that live in the area where the event's being held. And we meet a lot of post-apocalyptic fiction authors, and some of the very best were at the North Carolina Carolina Readiness Heritage Life Skills Expo number five. And one of them is our good friend, Angry American. And Angry American is an, is an angry American. <laughs> and however, he does put together some pretty uplifting books. He's, he's written quite a few of them. And we stopped in to see what's going on with him and talk 
for just a few minutes. So here, and, and we also spoke to some other authors, up-and-coming ones, that you'll be hearing about in the next few shows. So here we are with a few minutes with A Angry American. Hey, we are here at Heritage Life Skills number five, the fifth in a row that the great folks at Carolina Readiness put together. And we always find some very, very important people in the department community that come to these events. And we also find a lot of angry Americans. So I'm just going to pick a random person out of the audience and going to see what's going on. What is your name, sir? I would be the angry American. So you are you are the a angry American? The angry American. Well, you know just what? Just a random a American. I was always hoping that I would meet you. I know that you are one of the preeminent prepper authors, post-apocalyptic fiction guys, and much more in our community. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about what's been going on with you lately, what kind of projects you have. Why don't you tell us maybe a little bit about your background to start with? Well, I've uh, been in the preppers, rivals things, or one of those guys who lived the lifestyle for a long time at 20 years. Wrote a book for fun on the internet one time, and uh, now here we are. Eight books. No, now we're ten books later. We just released one a couple days ago called Hope that I wrote with Chief Michael Hoff. And uh, so that's the newest one that just came out. I haven't seen it yet. Check it out on Amazon. Got more coming. Got another one that will be out in June. Dang, boy. Well, tell us a little bit about Hope or, or whichever of yeah. your favorite latest projects that you, well, you're going on. With Hope, going on. Hope being the latest one, it's uh, a collaboration I did with G. Michael Hoff. Like I said, it's set in the world created by Going Hoff. It takes place in California and um, starts into the event. It is a Emotional roller coaster is a hard read, but it is very realistic because um, scenarios that take place in there that we all could experience there's loss, connections that are made, but it's, it's a different take on things. But it's a very, very good story. I don't want to give it away, but there's a there's something that you guys talk about that happens in the story. Uh, we go very detailed into what how important it is to make sure your food and sanitation things are done properly. Well, absolutely. From a medical standpoint, if you don't have your water sterile, if you don't have food properly dealt with, if you don't have waste disposal set away in a safe manner, you really are in big trouble. I've always liked your books. They always have a lot of tension in them, and, and you know what? They are very realistic. I mean, I could imagine exactly what happens in your books and your storylines as being part of the uncertain future. Well, that's important to me is, is the Keeping them as real as they can be. I don't like the far-fetched stuff. I want it as realistic as it can be with also useful, actionable stuff in there. Like you guys write awesome books on the medical side of things, what we need to be doing to take care of ourselves. And when we say medical, it goes deeper than that. Like sanitation, hygiene, that's kind of Those are the things that are going to get you. Guns and bullets and all that's cool, but it's the little things that are going to get you. Right. And providing solutions to those problems. When we run out of all the good stuff that we store that's what we need to know, and that's the kind of stuff I'd like to transfer to uh, get across my books, and you guys do an awesome job your books. Well, thank you very much. Well, here's your 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. You said 20. You said 20, Joe. Well, the interview ain't over yet. <laughs> so you got more stuff going on than just books, though. Yep. We've got um, a YouTube channel that's that's been active. Well, it's been online for a while. It hasn't been very active, but we're ramping that up. A lot of YouTube stuff coming, some cool videos gear reviews, and uh, some other things, things people have been asking for for a long time. I'm actually 
seeing the Going Home series put to film. Uh, I've got a couple different producers working with me now, some great people, and we're looking to try to turn this into a TV series or a Netflix series on those lines. The movie wouldn't do it just. You want a serial. And everybody loves The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead's huge, but I want to put The Walking Dead in his feet, what everybody's talking about on Wednesday morning around, around the office. Well, it sounds like it's the real thing. Now, where are you going to be in, I will, over the next couple of months? Uh, on the 13th, I will be in Irving, Texas, May. I'll be in Irving, Texas at the uh, NRS, no, NSRO. 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 Yep, NASA Self-Reliance right. Expo. I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. So I'll be out there in Irving, Texas uh, next month. And then I'll also be at the NRA convention on the 19th and 22nd in Louisville, Kentucky. Awesome, awesome. I love the stuff that you do, and uh, you keep on doing it. Well, I appreciate it. There's some great guys here, too, and uh, there's a there's a lot of room in the genre, and so every, there's room for all of us, and, and I support the other guys as well, and you guys keep doing what you're doing, because you know, I've known you guys for a few years now. We keep crossing yeah, paths all over the country, all over the country, we keep running into each other. And if you need medical stuff, all right, here's your other, here's your other ten bucks. Thank you, Joe. All right, <laughs> all right, a angry American. We should all be a angry American. You're damn right. All right. Well, we also interviewed uh, Stephen Bird, and we also interviewed Franklin Horton. And Franklin Horton was actually very kind to act, uh, to put old Doctor Bones in. One of his most recent books, Legion of Despair. And I'll tell you about that in our next show. By the way, I want people to be sure to tune in to our other podcast, American Survival Radio, a current events podcast. We are very excited about it. We've had a lot of fun with it. And we hope that you'll tune in on it on GCN, Genesis Communications Network, live.com gcnlive.com and go to our website for the show called americansurvivalradio.com it is indeed full of all sorts of interesting information and most of it is not related to medicine if you're looking for something a little different i think you'll find it with american survival radio if you'd like to actually physically see us make fools of ourselves Check out our video cast the first and third Wednesday of every month with the nice folks at AroundTheCabin.com. Just go to AroundTheCabin.com, click Wednesday on the toolbar under archives for our previous shows, our current show. Uh, if you're listening in live, which by the way, you can ask questions and all that good stuff. All you have to do is go to the campfire button and sign in. Don't forget our Zika virus handbook over at Amazon.com. And don't forget to buy some mosquito repellent as the warm weather starts hitting your area. It is absolutely one of the most important things that you can do to prevent not only Zika virus, but dengue fever, chikungunya virus, and all these other crazy viruses that have crossed the Atlantic over the last few years. I know that you are smart enough to know that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You've been awesome. Thank you for listening to the Survival Medicine Hour with Joe Alton, MD, Amy Alton, ARMP, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. We are here for you, and I hope you listen in every week to our podcast. Thanks. 
You've been listening to the Survival Medicine Hour with Joe Alton, MD, and Amy Alton, ARMP, also known as Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Prepper Show. Join our Survival Medicine Group at Survival Medicine Group, Dr. Bones, Nurse Amy, on Facebook. Follow our YouTube channel, Dr. Bones, Nurse Amy, and our other podcast, American Survival Radio on GCNlive.com, Genesis Communications Network. Hi, I'm Joe Alden, MD of www.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find over 600 posts, videos, and podcasts on medical preparedness. Along with my wife, nurse practitioner Amy Alden, we're the authors of the Amazon bestseller, The Survival Medicine Handbook, with over 200 five-star reviews. A disaster can strike at any time, and the ambulance may not always be heading in your direction. We've got an entire line of medical kits, supplies, and educational resources that can help you deal with injuries and illness in everything from a wilderness hike to the aftermath of a major disaster. Check them out at our shop at store.doomandbloom.net. In a disaster, you'll be glad you did.